0: Get the best odds on all the big games this March. Download the Circa Sports Iowa app today.
1: Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic podcast. It is episode number 56 of Stands and Fits, presented by the Professional NBA Program at the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State University. What's up, man? How's it going?
2: Pretty good, dude. Slow week for Cyclone Fanatic, probably just because the basketball team doesn't play again until Saturday, huh? It never stops. (laughs)
1: It... Seems like maybe it would slow down, but it never stops. At mm-hmm. least you get at
2: least get a little break from the the typical you know preview recap kind of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, that is nice. I like the routine though. Mm-hmm. That's always good. That's my favorite thing about football season. It's the same every week. Yeah, basketball is just a little bit different in that sense. But obviously, Iowa State coming off the loss to TCU on Saturday, I wrote after the game that I think that was probably the most disappointing home performance of the Steve Promera. Yeah. I think that I still stand by that. I think
2: the uh, I don't know I had, didn't read your article, but I would say that the wow way to be a company man. <laughs> sorry, um, but the the Milwaukee loss last year in the non-con was obviously very bad. But I think, uh, given the the stakes of what we're at in this point of the season, I think I definitely agree.
1: Yeah, and, and that's what I was kind of thinking of. It's like they have definitely played worse in home games. I think that you can point to that game you can point to the Tennessee game last year when they got beat by like 30 mm. or whatever it was uh, to where you you can look at that game on Saturday and be like, man, shouldn't have lost that one. you yeah. know. And, I, and I'm not trying to say that that by any means is a case. And I'm not going to by any means say that they played well. Mm. But I don't think that they played as poorly either as what maybe it was, you know, like the initial thought was. Yeah. And it was like they did not, like I said, they did not play well. But I think TCU played better than what they've played almost the entire season.
2: Yeah. they Iowa State's defense obviously has a lot of holes to patch up, but I think TCU really took advantage of every opportunity they had to score the ball.
1: Right. I should also note that we are in the Carl Chevrolet studios right now. Of course, always. In, in Ankeny, as always, recording this podcast on a blustery February day. Yes. Anywho. Um, but yeah, no. TCU... And I think that you saw anybody who watched the game that they played against Kansas on Monday, you saw that a lot of shots that they were making maybe are not shots that they make every single game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you got to tip your cap to them on that sense. Like they played a good game and, you know, Noy was knocking down threes against Iowa State and, uh, you know, Alex Robinson and uh, Kendris Davis were both making some of those shots where they were runners, like the runners off the backboard and stuff like that, that you just kind of like it, they were happening. It's like, man, they just can't buy a break right now. You're getting them yeah. all the way down to the end of the shot clock, and you just can't buy a break. And then, coupled with Iowa
2: State having a, a pretty off day shooting the ball, too, it just made the, the final score look much worse than it probably actually was.
1: Yeah. And I think that that's what's concerning for me a little bit coming out of Saturdays, knowing that they can have a performance when it's like everybody is off, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. it, I mean, that's really what it was. Nobody, I saw even Michael Jacobson. Yeah. Nobody played well, especially offensively.
2: Iowa State needs to have at least one of their guards play well. I think that's that's kind of proven at this point.
1: Well, and if, yeah, I mean, if you get the normal output from the floor that Nick, Weiler, Bab, or that uh, Shayok gives you, then you probably win the game. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think Nick was four for 13 from the field. I don't remember what Mariel was, but it wasn't very good. Yeah. And a lot of his makes came right at the end of the game when they were trying to speed everything up anyway and kind of messed the game up. Yeah.
2: And then Lindell and Taylor both kinda of had inefficient shooting days as well. It was just unfortunate part of basketball season is having off nights. So and that was what
1: happened. Yeah. So how do you feel about the Big Twelve race now coming out of that one? Um
2: well obviously I think Kansas State at this point is in the driver's seat, although they had the the injury got announced today.
1: Yeah, Cartier Cartier Jada out for for a while. Yeah, an extended period of time. I would guess that he probably won't play at least the rest of the regular season. It's a broken
2: hand if I remember
1: correct. Something like that. I know he had hand
2: surgery. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I guess they're still they're still up in the standings technically, but also Kansas, man, it's looking like they could come up and at least grab a share of the title too.
1: Well, and that's kind of I think that's what Fran said on the game last night. Where it's like this is how they do it. Yeah, you know everybody the- beats each other up so much that then all of a sudden there's just one, <laughs> one guy left standing. And yeah. always it's freaking Bill Self.
2: Yeah, and that's the thing. All the dominoes fall whether it's injuries or whether it's stupid losses that teams shouldn't have on the road or at home. Kansas always ends up on top, and that's just unfortunate. Yeah,
1: TCU should have won that game last night.
2: Uh, I, from what it sounded like, I was I was just watching my Twitter Twitter feed, and people were saying, "Wow, TCU looks terrible." But somehow they sent it to overtime
1: still. Well, I mean they were up four with like a minute and a half left, up sixty nine sixty five, mm. and then Kansas scored four straight, able to tie it and send it to overtime. Yeah, and then I think kind of once they got to overtime, it was basically done.
2: But so I would say that regarding Iowa State, I think the the upcoming game in Manhattan kind of becomes a must win if they want to have any shot at winning the Big Twelve.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of it's interesting too because. You, depending on what happens actually with the game tonight, I don't know what time that one is with Kansas State going to Austin. I'm gonna assume that that's at eight o'clock. I'm gonna assume Texas is gonna win that game, okay, that would just be my guess. I mean, I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but then you get into that game on Saturday and you're everybody's one game back in the lost column and You win it and then all of a sudden we were back right back in that five way tie at the top situation, Mm -hmm. you know, and here I'll kind of I'll pull up the remaining schedules here. I can't remember who Kansas plays on Saturday. Mm -mm. I want to say. They play West Virginia at Mm -hmm. home, so (laughs) they're (laughs) going to win. That's a whole other story. (laughs) Yeah, so they'll win that one. But uh, Baylor and Texas Tech play each other. So I guess it couldn't really be a five way tie because one of those guys will get knocked off.
2: But you're within one or two games.
1: Yeah. Either way, if you you hope that you kind of hope that Texas, I guess, wins tonight because everybody needs Kansas State to drop some games. Yep. Here and the bright side. Of, I mean, I guess the bright side for everyone else. You don't want someone to get hurt, but this is obviously. I mean, they rely so much on their like top six guys mm-hmm. that. When you lose one, you don't know how big of an impact that can be. I mean, obviously, Jada is not... He's not their, their go-to guy by any means. Well, no, he's not Dean Wade by any stretch of the imagination, but he's still a guy who, you know, plays a... He, he plays... He's one of their
2: better defenders. And 62%
1: he's a, of their minutes. Yeah,
2: he's a big hustle guy too, I know. Just watching him the last couple of years.
1: They're 237th nationally in bench minutes, so... I mean, yeah. So they they just don't use their depth, like they just don't have very much depth to where you lose a guy for an extended period of time that could really hinder you. So on
2: one hand, it's probably not going to be a huge. It's probably him losing him himself. It's it's not going to be a huge deal for, as far as scoring wise. But at the same time, there's going to be games where their starters have to play more, and it's probably going to make them more tired.
1: But let's be honest, they don't really score anyway. So good point. They're, you know,
2: they're a little bit more defensive oriented. That's for sure. I mean,
1: that's what's crazy. I can't remember what I was reading. I was reading something today. I mean, what makes them so good is just how crazy they are defensively. And then they just do enough to score and win. Yeah. You know, and And, it helps
2: because they they have such great guards who can, you know, handle the rock and get points when they need it down the stretch.
1: Well, that's why it seems like almost every game that they play is relatively close. I mean, not, I mean, I guess they haven't all been close, but I mean, most of them have been where I think it, going into kind of the last media timeout, you could see either a way, yeah, either team winning. But I mean, the Iowa State game was one point. West Virginia was two points. That's when they came back from down 21. Uh, Oklahoma was by 13. TCU was by 10. Texas Tech was by 13. Two of those were at home. Mm. Oklahoma State was by 18. <laughs> so I guess maybe not. But then Baylor was by seven. And that game was really close right until the very end. Mm. And they kind of pulled away at the in that one. But... Yeah, I mean, it basically it's like when you look at the stats. If you if you let them get to seventy, you're basically going to lose
2: because <laughs> their defense is that good.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, that's that's like what I'm seeing here. They've allowed seventy points. Uh,
2: what well, once or twice probably?
1: There's one, Marquette. They lost eighty-three to seventy-one. So how about just because- so that's the only time they've lost? I think when they scored seventy points. Really, But I think in every other game that they've played, even their losses, Texas, they lost 67-47. Texas Tech, they lost (laughs) 63-57. West Virginia, they scored 71 and won 71-69. Yeah, I think they've given up 70 or more points once the entire season.
2: Wow. That's really impressive in the Big 12.
1: Yeah. I I bet you Texas Tech hasn't even done that. I'm going to look at Texas Tech. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. Because they're the they're the Big Twelve program that everyone lauds nationally is the the big defensive team.
1: There's one for Texas Tech. Okay, so no Texas Tech I think has given up seventy, actually. Yeah, once they didn't even give up seventy to Duke.
2: <laughs> and we everyone knows how good Duke is,
1: right? So yeah, both of those teams are stupid good defensively, and then the difference is that uh, Kansas State. Has enough guys Mm -hmm. to where you can usually get yourself over the hump offensively, and then Texas Tech just has like the one, yeah, you know, right. And when and you do have Matt Mooney, but when you're so relying on those two guys, kind of puts you in a position where you're you can get in trouble if a couple guys are which we just saw on Saturday with Iowa State when you have a game where a couple guys are off and you're so relying on perimeter players, Mm -hmm. you can lose to somebody you shouldn't lose to.
2: So then, as far as the Big 12 race goes, the the game where Kansas State goes to Allen Fieldhouse is big. When's that coming up? Is that coming up in the next couple
1: of weeks? I think that might be next week. I'm, I'll, I can look here for sure. Uh, no, it's not next week. That's uh, two Mondays. Well, a week from next Monday. Okay. So, the 25th.
2: All right. That's going to be a pretty huge game as far as sorting out who's going to be at the top.
1: Yeah. So here's their remaining schedule. They've got Texas tonight. Ken Palm has that as a loss. Iowa State on Saturday. That's a 51%
2: win. Essentially a toss-up. So up.
1: basically a toss-up game. West Virginia on the road, they'll win that. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma State at home, they'll win that. Two Island Fieldhouse, which... Who man, knows could, nowadays, man. I mean, man, they could win. You know, yeah. I, I would not pick it. I, I definitely wouldn't pick it. Yeah. Uh, but I could see it, I guess uh at home against Baylor they should win that one on the road at TCU I'd say that one's probably a toss-up and then home against Oklahoma
2: okay so yeah a couple of big uh games against Iowa State and Kansas for
1: yeah. sure yeah
2: other than that I, th- I would say they at least have a shot in all those other games
1: yeah I mean I think if anybody's gonna win it outright it would probably be them mm. at this point you know yeah, I don't, and I'm starting to lean towards it's just going to get split by I do think several different teams. Kansas,
2: I, I, like we discussed, they have a shot at getting in there, but I think if they do, it's going to be a co-shared kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I don't think they're going to win it outright. Cause here, let's look at their schedule. I did all this stuff last week, but I it mm. just like I remember it for as long as it takes me to write it. It's, uh, a lot, it's
2: a lot to remember.
1: Home against West Virginia, obviously that's a win. On the road at Texas Tech. I would guess that they will lose that one, but I'm not certain. Uh, Home against Kansas State. On the road at Oklahoma State. Never know. On the road at Oklahoma. Another one I I don't think you ever... You never know. Uh, And then home against Baylor. So even if they won all the rest of those home games and then lost to Texas Tech on the road, lost to Oklahoma on the road, which is a toss-up on Ken Palm, and then... I think that Oklahoma State and the Kansas State game could both kind of just go either way. I think they're I I wouldn't be shocked if Oklahoma State beat them in Stillwater. I mean, as yeah. bad as they've been on the road outside of every like in every game outside of basically last night. KU's been especially bad in Stillwater in recent years too. Yeah. I don't know. But that would give them seven losses in the league. Mm. If they so I guess we just have to hope some people beat them.
2: Yeah, they, have, we have they to lose hope, three more games. So <laughs> We have to hope that Kansas continues not being good on the road. I hope
1: Kansas goes three and three down the stretch.
2: That would be... I, th- I think we do want Kansas to beat K-State just for the f- sake of giving K-State
1: another loss. Yeah, I mean, unless they lose tonight and then Iowa State beats them. That's true. So a lot kind of depends on this week. Yeah, still, because then at that point, Iowa State has Baylor coming to Hilton on Tuesday and their last five are... At TCU, man, I think they'll win that game because I think they'll be a lot more focused against them the second time around yeah, than what they were right. the first time. Yep, uh, Home against Oklahoma, they'll win that. Texas, on the road.
2: i I pick that as a loss, Yeah, personally. I would
1: probably pick that as a loss as well. Uh, West Virginia at home is a win. And then Texas Tech at home, I think, should probably be a win as well. Mm-hmm. But But you never know. And if you do that, I mean, you're right there in the... I mean, that's 12 and 6. You're right there in the conversation. That could grab a co- co-finish. co We'll see. I wonder when the last time the league with, you know, 5, 6, right around their games remaining, had this many teams that were still within one or two games of the league title.
2: Definitely not in the Big 12 for a while. Yeah. It's always KU at the end.
1: Well, yeah. And even then, like, always KU will end up like three games ahead of somebody. Yep. You know? And... I mean, even if they were going to win the league this year, I can't imagine them winning my three games. No. You know?
2: Yeah. There's no scenario. Well, unless everything goes Unless something completely crazy
1: crazy happens. Yeah. Yeah. Which, like, if they... If uh, Ochai Ogbaje just (laughs) continues to be, like, the greatest basketball player in the history of America... Averages 40 points a game the rest of the way. Dude, I was talking to my buddy last night. Like, that's just... Man, if you ever need something to just prove what it's like to be a blue blood... Program, you know, you can point to the McDonald's All-Americans and all that kind of stuff, and obviously you would have a very good argument. But I think you could point to Kansas getting a guy like that, and then you were gonna redshirt him, (laughs) and then he comes in and he starts dropping twenty in Big Twelve games, and he becomes like an above-average Big Twelve starter. He's
2: arguably their best perimeter player at this moment.
1: I don't think it's even arguable. Shoot, he looks like might be their best player in the last two games. Mm. I mean, he had twenty-seven against Oklahoma State. He had twenty-something last night. I wonder what he's averaging. That guy's been so good. That's a good question. We're gonna hate him, dude. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna guess that he won't even I, I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't even play his, out his eligibility. Like he'll end up in the NBA or something.
2: I I, I bet he'll stay one more year and he'll he'll go out there next season.
1: All right. So he has played in now eleven games. He scored in double figures in one, two, three, four, five. So five of them.
2: I guess but But those were big scoring games yeah
1: and they're all where he's really efficient he's like been their only guy I mean he's shooting 40 percent from three
2: Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) he's 42 percent from three in big 12 play
2: yeah well he's kind of had to get with with uh Vic being out you know damn it like this is so stupid dude (laughs) (laughs) that's Kansas for you uh
1: a comparable uh season on Ken Palm is Dante DiVincenzo in 2017,
2: that's a nice comparison,
1: which I think would have been, yeah, would have been the year they, that they won the Natty. No, 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 no. Did they? No, they no. He won. He last year was when he was really good. Oh, so that was like his freshman year. Okay,
2: but they were still. Well, that was the year well, they, they won, won the, the natty. natty Yeah, but yeah. two
1: years ago they didn't win. That was when North Carolina won. Who won last year? Villanova.
2: Oh, it was last? Year. Okay, so Villanova won. Villanova won two out of three. Okay, yeah. that's right. Yeah, that's he was red
1: shirting as a the first one, and then. North Carolina, isn't that right? North Carolina yeah. won. Yeah. yeah, and then, uh yeah, and then Villanova won again. Yep. All right. All right. Let's answer some mailbag questions.
2: All right. Final Four side asks: Next year's leading score in basketball. Uh, <laughs> obviously it depends on who stays. um If you had to ask me to give one prediction, I'd probably go with Taylor Horton Tucker.
1: That's what I was just gonna say. Yeah, I'd say THT because I
2: think with losing Shayak's production, I think you're gonna want someone on the wing to, you know, pick up that scoring. And I think he's gonna be more adjusted to the college speed of the game. I think he's gonna be a bit more efficient with his mm-hmm. with his uh shot selection too.
1: Yeah. I would I would put all of my uh eggs in that basket. Yeah. Yeah. I could see Lindell Wigginton coming back too. If he came back, then I'd think that he'd be the only other person that He'd be the only other guy that i consider. I'd,
2: yeah, but I, I, even with both of those guys coming back, I think I'd still pick THT next year.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, I'd Tyrese? Like, I don't know. He's never, it's be, not going to be him. Yeah, he's not going to be hunting for a shot enough. Uh,
2: Prentice yeah. Nixon is another candidate. Yeah, I mean, he's another guy, I guess. I, I could see him becoming a little bit more of a distributor with Iowa State, though, because right. he, he kind of had to shoulder the load well, I last think, year.
1: I think that next year, I'm guessing that uh, assuming Lindell doesn't come back, then it will be Tyrese will be the primary ball handler and then THT and Prentice Nixon will be like the, the off guards wings. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I think that maybe that's what he was, be- that's what Nixon was better at as a, at Colorado state.
2: If I remember correctly from what I've been He told. was more of a combo guard. He wasn't necessarily a com- no. full-time point.
1: Yeah. So I, I would guess that that would probably be most likely. Kay. I can't, I would be shocked if Lindell was back though. Oh, I'm glad we're both on, the, both on the same page with THT there. Yeah. I think that that's pretty much a no brainer right now. All right. But we would have said the same thing last year about Lindell Wiginton. So very true. Things, things can change. Yeah. All right.
2: Jay Bindem asks, what is the worst month? It's February, right? Has to be February. It's even spelled stupid just to piss me off that much more.
1: Yeah. I think February is probably right up there. Uh, April's up there for me
2: just because that's like the end of basketball season, and it's like usually wet and windy,
1: right. I was gonna say, I think yeah, April there's a case for April, uh but that also I mean I know people that are baseball people like they'll always say yeah that's and what I, opening I, day
2: is. I, I do look forward to baseball, but I obviously the biggest sports are football and basketball, and neither of those are going on at that point,
1: yeah, the only thing with February is I mean you got the Super Bowl right at the beginning of the month, yeah, uh.
2: You can make an argument for January too, just because like it's after Christmas and all that stuff. The holiday season's over, and it's like
1: everything's the, so discombobulated for like the first two weeks of the year. It is of two weeks, and of January. it's usually the coldest part of the year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in January it was already dark. Like when we were recording this podcast, it's not dark yet. Yeah, that's true. That's one positive. Positive
2: to February there.
1: The the dog days of winter hopefully are s- slowly moving past us. Yeah.
2: I guess if for April it's nice that the weather's probably finally warning, warming up at that point. Uh-huh. But I again, it's not like you still want to be
1: outside that much. What about July? How good of a month is July?
2: See, I just like July just because uh I don't know, it's just it's warm. Like you feel like going outside.
1: Yeah, that's true. And then that's I guess too like that's when there's the least stuff going on. Yeah. So it, like there's the most like time for just leisure. Independence Day too. It's a Oh yeah, 4th of July. A good holiday. Man, what am I thinking? You're yeah. right. Uh yeah, I th- I, yeah, I think that's either gotta be February. August
2: is or April. August is interesting because it's kind of like preseason football time, which is exciting, but at the same time, you're not quite there yet, right? And it's still hot as crap outside, and everyone's getting ready to go back to school if you're still, you know, a student mm-hmm. or a teacher. So,
1: I, I think know. there, I think we could come up with the pluses and minuses of every month.
2: True, you know, you could. I, I would say that fall is my is becoming my favorite season.
1: Yeah, I like the summer just because it's. More relaxed,
2: yeah, and you can do stuff on the su- in the summer, right? So, yeah,
1: I think we'll just we'll agree on February with April being a close second. I'm cool with that. Okay, is there anything else? Is that all? Uh, that's it. All right, we will take a quick break. We'll be right back on Stands and Fits, presented by the Professional MBA Program at the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State in the Carl Chevrolet Studios on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network.
0: Hey guys, it's Chris interrupting this podcast because, you know, everybody wants to know that I get it asked all the time, how can we help Cyclone Fanatic? Well, you help Cyclone Fanatic by you support our advertisers and everybody needs to be aware of iCare. I wasn't for a long time and I went to Ames iCare and they really helped me out. It's changed my life. I don't have headaches the way that I did. You've heard me talk about this. They're also in Des Moines at Des Moines iCare. And you need to think about this with your family. Get the kids checked out. Encourage the wife, anything. Personalized eye care, designer eyewear. I've got these sweet Maui gym glasses that I use at work all the time. People think they look awesome. They meet your whole family's vision needs at Ames and Des Moines Eye Care. Check them out today and support Cyclone Fanatic.
1: Hey guys, it's Jared here with another message from Mechdyne. Are you looking to jumpstart your IT career? Or maybe you're a student looking to earn some extra cash? Well, listen up. Mechdyne is currently looking to hire both full-time and part-time IT help desk agents to respond to and help troubleshoot client IT technical issues. You can get your foot in the door at an awesome company with a super fun culture that I've seen firsthand with my own eyes. So go visit the career page at mechdyne.com. That's M-E-C-H-D-Y-N-E.com. Check them out today. Welcome back to the Carl Chevrolet Studios. Time for Hot and Not. We've got everything else sponsored. We should see if we can get hot and not sponsored. That's true. Is there maybe by like a heating and cooling company? I was just thinking that like an HVAC system. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. If anybody owns a heating and cooling company who wants to sponsor hot and not sponsor hot and not weekly on get out Stands of. and Fits presented by the professional NDA program at the <laughs> Ivy College of Business. Recorded weekly in the Carl Chevrolet studios. I made a, I
2: made a comment off air that Jared was getting really good at reading off the sponsors without losing his breath. So
1: Yeah. It took me a while because they're really, they're just, it's a lo- it's a mouthful. <laughs> it is. You know, yeah. but no, now I've, I'm getting used to it. So, yeah. all right. Do you want to go first? you want me to go first? Uh, we can address mine first. Okay. My beautiful white
2: boy ups. That's what's hot this week. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Man, I'll get, I'll give you props, dude. You you got it. Thank you. You did. For fairly easily. I might add. Yeah, you did. Thank you. You did. I, I'll give you props. Did you guys win your game? Uh, no, or did yeah, you we, use all your energy trying to grab the rim?
2: Well, I'm I'm like the the last scorer on our team, uh-huh. so it's not my fault. But yeah, we got our our butts kicked. It was also the the by far the best team in our division, and we shot like crap, so we got stomped.
1: Was it a was your video one take? It was Oh,
2: okay. I I, I have a a buddy who can provide proof.
1: That would have been funny if it's like. You see his iPhone, it's just like 20 (laughs) different videos of you, like just barely grazing the rim. And you're like, no, I've got to grab it. Like, I got
2: to show him that I can do it. It reminds me of one of my favorite parts of the Lego movie, which I saw a Lego movie part two over the weekend. But like when Batman's throwing all those batarangs and he's like, first try. Yeah. It's a good time. Yeah, it was first first try. I still got the ups,
1: man. All right, man. I'll give you props. Thank you.
2: I underestimated you. I'm sorry. I I may be fat, but I can still get up.
1: It's fair. I should have made my own video to get
2: you back <laughs> that's the thing like I, I can touch the rim but you can you can still flat out dunk so you've got me you got me beat there that's for sure
1: it's okay I'm not I'm not here to you for, also have six inches on me I was saying I'm not here to vertical shame that's anybody true. yeah uh all right my hot this week is Monte Morris and Deontay Burton both guys had big nights last night Monte had 17 I think Deontay had 18 for the Thunder uh Monte will also be back next week for the game against Baylor.
2: I saw you added on the document that he will be with a couple others. What do you mean by that? Do you mean NBA guys? Do you mean yeah? I
1: think there'll potentially be a couple more guys. Uh, yeah, from the Nuggets. Yeah, no, not from the Nuggets, but I think the former Cyclones. Oh, as well. okay, okay, that's cool.
2: I was surprised that uh, Deontay had 18. Like you can't, you kind of expect Monte to have a good game nowadays. But at the same time, Deontay's been up and down with the with the G League, so. Good to see him back up and scoring as much as he did. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, I think Deontay is going to stick with them.
2: I think so too. He he's got a lot of power for playing the shooting card position, so he can definitely use a, use his athleticism at the NBA level. Yeah. Uh,
1: sorry, it's fine.
2: There's a there's a small contingent of Thunder fans who are like becoming the Deontay Burton fan club. Just because he, you know, he dunks all the time and he's super athletic.
1: Right. He's just it's he's, fun to be a fan of he's him. He's so fun he's such a fun player. Yeah. yeah. Uh all right, what's your knot?
2: My knot is the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're obviously going to lose Le'Veon Bell to free agency. And today Antonio Brown came out and tweeted that he's uh basically he's done in Pittsburgh.
1: Actually. Yeah, that was a weird deal.
2: He requested a trade. And then also I saw Stephen A. Smith. Okay, so Antonio Brown. This is what he tweeted. He said, thank you, Steeler Nation, for a big nine years. Time to move on and forward. Peace sign. And then he, like, you know, I'll highlight video of his time. Stephen A. Smith replied to that tweet, and he said, yo, at Steelers, do not listen to this. I hear Antonio Brown. I hear his frustration. But he is too great to let go over this. Y'all are grown men. Work it out. Find a way. Because you don't just replace A.B., Damn it, y'all got me riled up on a sick day. I'm supposed to be resting. Hashtag #Damn. So, uh, yeah, Stephen A. Smith is expressing that he wants the Steelers to not let him go.
1: Man, that's a hell of a hell of a deal.
2: It's funny to me because isn't there's like one tweet that Stephen A. Smith tweeted that was like complete ga- like garbage at one point, and it keeps on getting retweeted. Have you have you seen that? Was it the Dwayne Haskins one that he had? No, no, no. I'm, not, I'm talking like gibberish. Like uh, he, like he butt texted.
1: Yeah, he's done that a bunch of times. It was funny. Like yeah. His old tweets were really weird. Yeah. Before anybody figured out so like, makes how me, to use Twitter. It
2: makes me question whether he actually knows like how to actually use
1: Twitter. Yeah, I don't think that he probably does. Probably not. I I mean, Stephen A. just like is screaming at things all the time. So. <laughs> That's what he gets paid to do, basically. Right. Yeah, so I think that I'd, I'm not going to take Stephen A.'s opinion for anything. No. You know. All right, so my not this week. Uh, Nebraska has taken a very serious backslide. And... People might remember that I tweeted out at the beginning of the season. I think it was, I can't remember who they were playing. But at the time, they were like a top 20 team uh, playing really well. Mm. All the analytics had them as one of the top teams in the country. I said that if Nebraska did not win a game in the CAA tournament this season, I would get Barry Collier's face. (laughs) Barry Collier being... a Incredibly mediocre basketball coach at Nebraska in the early 2000s into the you know kind of the mid uh, I would get his face tattooed on my backside. In the time since Nebraska has gone into complete nosedive territory, I think they've lost six in a row, maybe seven in a row, something like that. Something stupid. Uh, Isaac Copeland, who is their arguably their one B player second best player uh, towards ACL is out for the rest of the season they can't score Uh, they can't defend anyone they don't have anybody that can come off the bench I am gonna probably have to get a Barry Collier tattoo on my butt and I'm I'm very very concerned about it so what I'm hearing
2: is essentially you're going to be Nebraska's biggest fan during the big 10 tournament
1: yeah, like I like if anybody out there in the world is really hoping that Nebraska basketball can turn it around. It it's is you. It is me. It is me.
2: I mean, if you really wanted to do the cop out, you could just get a super like micro tattoo
1: on your butt. Man, me and Chris were texting about this the other night. Like he's he's dead set on that. I have to do this. <laughs> I think it'd be only fair, though, that you, like
2: you have to get Chris to make this kind of bet on something at some point, too.
1: Seeing the problem is I don't think like Chris already almost got beat on one of those, so I think that he had like learned his lesson, and I think I got cocky on the uh, the Bill Snyder one. Yeah, you did. And I was going to bring that up too. Yeah, I got cocky with the Bill Snyder one, and I, I like upped the ante, uh and did something like drastically more, uh, outland. <laughs> not, I mean, not at the time. I mean, at the time it seemed like a pretty safe bet. You know, like yeah. the they were playing really well. I mean, they were one of the like I said, they're a top twenty team. Like, and it would have almost been unfathomable to think that they would uh, be in this position. But also, I should have been keeping in mind that this was Nebraska basketball. Yeah. And when things are going good, they're almost always ne- going to stop going good. Yeah. V- relatively quickly.
2: Very true. So the, and remind me, when you made the, the Bill Snyder bet, that was on your chest, wasn't it?
1: I think so. Yeah.
2: So you, you <laughs> in, in all your genius, decided to move to the rear end for this one and now it's literally biting you in the butt.
1: Right now I'm thinking about like I'm thinking about just how expensive that would be. That would be the most expensive bet that I've ever made in my life probably. Do you have any tattoos? No. I don't no. either. Like and I, I don't know I that would be really bad if that's my first one. They're they're pretty expensive, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, that would that that would be really bad. It would. It would not be something that you'd be proud to show your mom. That's for sure. Absolutely not. And that's the problem is I know that when Chris like if If I can't, I'm, I'm working my every angle that I can to try and get myself out of this. I'm trying to think of ways that
2: you can make better of it. Like you could get the tattoo and then turn it into something like bigger, maybe or something. Or I know you wouldn't want to like pay for extra or anything, but like, could you, could you make it? So, I don't know, make it so it's not just his face, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know.
2: Maybe, well, I know it hurts like hell to get it removed, but you could just, you know, get it, have it for a week, and then get it removed immediately. Man,
1: that would be even more expensive.
2: Yeah? Do you want the guy's face on your butt your whole life?
1: (laughs) 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 I can see the stress melting out of you right now. I see him now make stupid bets. Yeah. That's what I've learned here. Last time I ever say that I'll get a tattoo of any middling basketball coach.
2: Maybe you just have to bargain somehow agree to do something different that's like arguably worse, but it's not going to be permanent, you know?
1: See, that's the problem. Like that'll just last, like that will last the rest of my life. Yeah. Ink never fades, bro. Man. I, yeah. I think I just need to keep thinking about this. Cause, cause I, you know that if I cop out, like I'm going to take a serious hit, my credibility, credibility will take a serious hit. <sighs> yeah.
2: Like you, you should do the kind of thing, make a deal where like if, if they can videotape you, like while you're getting it, but not, not obviously not have the it on your butt or anything like yeah. that. But like get your like facial reactions like that can lessen it somehow. I don't know. I'm trying to I'm trying to help you out here.
1: I don't know. I think I just need to keep thinking about it. Yeah. I'll f- I'll figure out a way. I'll right. figure out a way to get out of this. All right. Let's do. Would you rather uh, one to two Let's do 16. Would you rather be able to run as fast as a cheetah or fly, but only as fast as a tortoise? Ooh, um, man, did you hear the story about the people that found the tiger? No, I did not. I didn't read it. I saw a headline. It said that some guys were like breaking into a vacant house or something because they wanted to find a place to smoke weed, and they they found a tiger.
2: Really, like a like, real like a, live tiger? Like like a it was someone's pet. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Apparently, was it full grown or was it? Yeah, like, it was like a huge tiger. Really? Yeah. So it's like a hangover situation.
1: Imagine if you just walked into somewhere and. Like, all of a sudden, there's just a
2: tiger there. See, I like cats, but yeah, tigers are totally different.
1: I wouldn't know how to react. Man, like you, I think I just wouldn't. Yeah. Would you crap your What's pants? What's the scariest animal that you think you could encounter and not just immediately panic? The sc- Okay, so the scariest
2: I can encounter and
1: not crap my
2: pants. Hmm. Probably, I, I think I'd go up to a gorilla. I'd be, pr- I'd be scared of a gorilla, but I, I don't think I'd crap my pants scare.
1: Yeah, I think that, I think you'd be able to tell enough, like, whether or not a gorilla is, like, mad at you. Yeah. You know? Whereas, like, with a tiger, I feel like they could just pounce, like, at any moment. Yeah. and, and like, That's I a jungle like, cat, man. Yeah, exactly.
2: And I feel like, you know, I'd have, I don't know, for whatever reason, gorillas to me, I know they're, they're super strong, and it could probably do the same kind of damage that a tiger could, but I don't know. I just don't find a gorilla as intimidating as a tiger.
1: Uh, all right but uh, that's not even the wood yeah the, tar- yeah the tortoise or the cheetah
2: um i think i'd go with the cheetah just because that seems like it'd be super useful if i could just run places super fast
1: yeah i mean i feel like if you could fly though like even if it's as, at the speed of a tortoise like you'd still probably be able to move pretty fast like you'd cover ground relatively quickly <sighs> like how- you, everything could be in a straight line you know
2: yeah but w- wouldn't you say that like a, a tortoise probably what averages one, one or two miles an hour fastest
1: maybe yeah, not maybe, even that maybe i, I mean what's the you know, here i can google the max
2: speed of a tortoise do it cuz this this will influence my answer i'm pretty sure it's it might even be slower than that in which case it is, if it is then i'm not going to i'm not going to pick
1: that uh 0.63 miles per hour yeah. is the record for fastest tortoise <laughs> the record according to the guinness book of world records okay
2: yeah so i i'm going with cheetah just because even though even though you could fly in a straight line I th- you could still get places faster if you could run that fast. I feel like you could also monetize
1: that somehow. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, obviously you could monetize it if you could, you <laughs> could fly too, but you, you you could win Olympic
2: medals by being as fast as a cheetah cuz obviously right. no one's that fast. Right. Right. So,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Let's do one more. Um, 62. Would you rather sleepwalk every night or sleep talk every night? sleep talk just because Yeah, definitely I, sleep
2: talk i mean yeah my wife would be annoyed but it's not like i'm gonna wake up
1: somewhere that i didn't realize i was i feel like that would be more embarrassing like if you didn't have a wife you know yeah and i and you know another like thing- if you're in a situation where you could be sleeping with someone like i mean like when you first meet your wife like and your first time you sleep with them then you like have <laughs> to say like hey i'm just gonna give you a heads up like i sleep or i talk like in my sleep a yeah. lot like every night i like i'm telling you at the
2: same time sleepwalks it's more a little more freaky in my opinion
1: right it also would depend on what, what would freak out a person like a new person more like if you say that you sleepwalk or if you sleep talk definitely sleepwalk in my opinion yeah like um, if you get up and like we're not really going anywhere
2: now it depends on like if it, if if the question was i sleep talked and always said like negative bad things or things that aren't true uh-huh then that would be something that would probably make me take sleepwalking instead but if it's just like talking gibberish and about crap that doesn't matter then yeah i'd sleep talk yeah i think i'd have to i think i probably have to agree
1: all right we can do one more that wasn't a very good one
2: all right let's finish with 128
1: would you rather wash all your dishes using your tongue or wash your pets using your tongue Uh,
2: well okay i don't have any pets but my parents do i guess so they have a dog and cats um so I'll, I'll use them as an example but definitely dishes i would think just because it, it all the dishes are gonna
1: have stuff that was you food at one point anyway would probably be more motivated to just do your dishes right away yeah and not like let food get gross that's you a know? very good
2: point because you yeah at that point you'd be stuffing yourself
1: silly right with, with leftovers <laughs>
2: i mean obviously i wouldn't look forward to that but it's
1: not like no i don't even think i'm not even thinking of it that way dude i'm just like <laughs> thinking like think you know, like if you don't do the dishes for two days or whatever and like it just sits there and it's uh, like, uh, uh. Cause uh. I, I do Because
2: I don't do rotten milk well. And yeah, I've left like leftover milk dishes and yeah, those get a little nasty at some point. But at the same time, if you want to clean your pets using your tongue, that could get worse. Because think about every every inch of your pet, you have to lick. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, so that's much worse, right? <laughs> think about it that way. I would much rather, you know, stomach rotten milk if I had to. So...
1: All right. Well, I'm glad we glad we finished on that note. I'm glad we settled that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for listening to episode 56 of Stands and Fits, presented by the Professional MBA Program, the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State. Been recording in the Carl Chevrolet Studios, as always on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Subscribe, leave a rating on iTunes or wherever you may find your podcasts. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Beat the Wildcats. Peace.